We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back to part 3 of the Crossover Podcast with Rotoviz Overtime and the Rotoviz Best Ball Podcast Series. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Today on the show I am joined by my co-host of the Best Ball Podcast, that is Zachary Kruger. Follow Zach on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. We're also joined by my Rotoviz Overtime co-host and that is Sean Siegel. Of course, Sean's work is all up on rotoviz.com. We are drafting in the never-too-early FFPC Best Ball Tournament with a $25,000 top prize. It's $125 to enter that. If you're interested in jumping in and entering into a draft, if this sounds like a lot of fun to you as we draft through this and we're looking at rookies, we're looking at some free agents, we don't know where they're going to land, but we're trying to project where they may land and, and how their value may increase over that time. This is a lot of fun, as you can hear myself and the guys are having a a really good time as we draft through part one and part two, which are already posted on the Best Ball Podcast podcast feed. And uh, I, I mentioned this already. I drafted this at 2 a.m. So as you hear me on the clock now, if my voice is starting to, to tire, if I feel like uh, or if I sound like it's getting uh, very, very late, it is very, very late. This is probably around the uh, 3.15 a.m. mark as we get ready to go down the home stretch here in this draft. We will be back with one more episode after this one. It will be the review or the recap podcast. Uh, as we look at maybe some changes that we might have pivoted to throughout the draft you'll have heard so far that even some of the players that we were targeting maybe went a spot or two ahead of us and then we had to change some of those decisions on the fly so check out that one coming out on the best ball podcast feed tomorrow if you're listening to these as they drop or if you're listening to them in hindsight or after the fact um, it will be there you can click the button and listen to that one after this one finishes up we're into those lit round picks it's somewhere where sean siegel really specializes we have started this draft from the 102 position zach has a you know strong background in the college football game and uh, we're going to see how we do with rookies down the stretch if our plan comes to fruition zach is going to kick this one off asking sean a little bit more about jared mckinnon and the the reason that we may have uh, in hindsight could have went there over michael gallup in round 13 round 13 is going to continue though are we going to get some late quarterbacks here we only have jalen hurts so far how's this draft going to round out it's going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, hopefully you will enjoy it. If you have enjoyed this show, if you have enjoyed the podcast in general over the last couple of days, if you're listening to this draft, it is a crossover with Rotoviz Overtime and the Rotoviz Best Ball podcast 
And of course, that leads me to give a little plug to the Rotomiz Best Ball podcast feed. It's a brand new podcast feed. We ran this series last offseason. A lot of people enjoyed it. We did drafts. We did a lot of kind of evergreen content around strategies, tools, roster builds, the importance of roster construction, how many quarterbacks do you need? What about zero RB? What about modified or hero zero RB? What about all those good things? And then, of course, how to link that in with the success rates over the years and those tools that show that up on rotaviz.com, how to use those tools to your advantage while drafting. Because people enjoyed it so much, I'm happy to say we do now have an individual feed specific for the Rotaviz Best Ball content up on the Rotaviz Best Ball podcast feed. And this show is posted there. If you're over on that feed already, click that subscribe button. If you're listening on the Rotaviz Overtime podcast feed, do me a favor, head on over, click that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate that support. In the early days of a new podcast feed, those subscribes and those downloads really do benefit us. So if you can head on over, subscribe to the Road of His Best Ball feed. We'll have shows from myself and Zach. We'll have some of the episodes, we'll call them rewinds or goals, we'll be posting up in terms of uh, the shows from last year. They're all evergreen. We'll help you through your draft strategy. But we'll also be posting shows me and Zach do over the course of this summer, and we'll also be hosting some bonus shows like this or bonus episodes that we do maybe on Stealing Bananas or the flagship show with Dave and Curtis or else Road of His Overtime. So if you want to get lots of best ball content coming your way as best ball is you know, getting more popular each and every week, it seems like, click that subscribe button on the Road of His Best Ball podcast feed. Much appreciated. Thank you. Let's jump into it. Zach is going to check in on Jared McKinnon. I am curious for the McKinnon argument. Obviously, I like the way he was being used in in the playoffs but i i couldn't quite be sold on him there just because between age injury history um you know clyde edwards Hilaire technically still looming around um i i guess my question would just be you know mckinnon in this spot are, are we confident enough that we could be taking him in these drafts you know prior to free agency prior to the nfl draft or we can be taking him here with any kind of confidence that some of the other guys going around him, um, you know, or before him aren't going to outproduce him if, if Kansas City, in fact, brings someone else in to perhaps take his role or the role of Clyde Edward Dulaire in this case. Before Sean comes in on that, I think the biggest one, Sean, here, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the biggest one is the advances in medical science that have cured his tired leg syndrome. Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Cured the dead legs. It only took. All of last season and then all of this season getting into uh, the playoffs there before he get his legs back. Yeah, I, I think the thing with the Chiefs is that based on their overall setup, I can't, they need a number of things and they do have some money to work with, especially, you know, once they make some of the moves, but they're going to have to franchise tag their left tackle. And at that point, the only way that you're really going to fix it is by drafting another running back early or making some kind of you know crazy move for someone like a Christian McCaffrey, which that's you know obviously my ultimate dream scenario is the Panthers decide that they cannot afford to have you know so much of their team tied up in a guy who's been injured a couple of times. That's not going to happen. I I think that McKinnon his clear path to having any future NFL relevances with the chiefs and their salary cap situation sets up for that. So I think that that's probably going to happen, but you know, one of the things that you'll find you fantasy football is if you kind of go through at this time of the year and assume that teams are going to make rational decisions, then, you know, your, your builds are not good. So you do want to take the best players. We did take Gallup there. We'll hope that he recovers from the injury. The injury is something that I'm pretty concerned about as well, but the price tag at that point is not prohibitive. I guess the other 
uh, question that I had or kind of note was that the person that I really do sort of prefer to have on the team is David Bell. We hadn't really gotten into talking about him. He is still available. We'll see if he's available later. We are kind of closing in on the point where taking more wide receivers <laughs> could be a little bit problematic for us. Uh, unfortunately, White goes there uh, in with the last pick of the 13 round. That's a little bit disappointing, but we do still have some running backs. Jarrett McKinnon did also go. Who are the next wave of players that you're looking at here? Zach, what, what names do we need to be focusing on? I mean, right now, I think, you know, we still do need to kind of look at running back. I think right now the question is going to come back to how do we want to invest this draft capital with the next couple of picks? We've got a lot of young backs, which is good. We've also got two of our three running backs are rookies. The other one's a second-year player. So um, as far as age goes, that's good. We're kind of just hoping for landing spots. One running back who I think could also be an interesting pick coming up, um, I think right now it would be a, a horrible ADP for him. We might be a little bit early on him uh, for this pick, but but um, I think Brian Robinson could be another interesting interesting player, another guy who we get him now. He, we see his draft capital rise. We're okay with that. Um, probably a little bit early on him, but that not not too early. Um, in terms of quarterback, I think maybe now we can start talking about what we were talking about earlier, Sean, was the fact that we currently only have one quarterback. We had talked about getting maybe an established veteran and then really going hard on some of these quarterbacks who are, are going to essentially be first-round picks in this rookie draft class, but maybe not the most highly touted rookies from a talent perspective. This is a quarterback class that is viewed as largely underwhelming, which I think has kind of resulted in them having a lot of very late ADPs compared to guys who we saw last year, uh, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, like like Trey Lance, who we were taking in the early double-digit rounds of drafts. These guys are going much later right now, in part because we don't quite know where they're landing. And I think that really some of these guys are going to be going to teams and they're going to be starting right away. So I think with these next couple of picks here, we can start diving into the possibility of quarterbacks, um, at, least, at least considering them. Um, and, and having that tucked in the back of our mind to pair with Jalen Hurts in that and either a three or maybe a four quarterback build. Uh, still need a couple more tight ends. I think right now a tight end, we're going to be banking on a lot of the upside here. Dan Arnold, someone who I hold near and dear to my heart. I'm not quite sure that he's ever going to turn into quite what I wanted, but I do like uh, Dan Arnold and his ability to stretch the field when given the opportunity to as well. So we got, we got a couple of things to consider and how we think that things can play out right now. I do think that we're pretty well set at wide receiver going to need maybe you know one more in there you mentioned david bell i love him a lot but overall i think we're good i think right now we're just really looking at how we want to tie the rest of this together we are currently on the clock right now um it looks like we have ronald jones at the top of the queue is that someone who we're comfortable with going with here because i i mean i personally don't mind mind taking him at this point in time i would be between jones and everett probably sean where are you where are you leaning well, Chris Carson is well below where he's normally being drafted, and we even got a report very recently that if Penny re-signs with the Seahawks, it'll be to be Carson's backup. You have the neck injury situation there. I'm very skeptical about some of these backs like Carson and Edwards, but if you were ever going to take him, this would be the spot on a team that needs a running back, and it's just at a pretty substantial discount. Are, are you guys completely out on him? I'm not completely out, but the neck injury is, is worrisome, and... Um... I think I would still take the shot on Jones over over Carson. I'm I'm fine with either. I'll let I'll let I'll let Sean decide it here. I don't have my finger on the trigger. 
Sean, we just had to do it. We, we had to do it. Ronald Jones is one of those players where even if he doesn't score any points, then you know your team is still good because it's got Ronald Jones on it. So Chris Carson does go on the very next pick, perhaps not a surprise. For me, I think our next pick, I would be kind of looking in the same direction in terms of Gerald Everett or potentially Brian Robinson. I think Algier is probably the best pick here, but we have seen him go pretty late and it might make sense to, you know, kind of take the gamble and see if he comes back around. I agree. I agree on um, the Everett part. I, I just think when we look through anything after this is really been very hopeful. I think Everett's the one of the last interesting tight ends here. Yeah, I, I, I think Sean's right on Algier probably making it back to us. I think that if I had to, to guess right now, I think that if you want to talk about draft capital, I think Robinson's going to carry a little bit more of that, which might open the door for him to start sooner over Algier. Um, tight end, you, you did mention Everett's interesting here. Um, where do we want to go with? So we'll take Collins guy there. If Everett, it just seems like there's a very real chance that he signs – in a situation I think that's a bit where strong uh, to say that he's my guy. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pin him on Collins, <laughs> so he'll get the glory or the blame. Brevin Jordan goes with the next pick. I think that's an excellent selection by that drafter. He would have been my next tight end. Um, yeah, Dan Arnold. That one. That one. A lot of smart people are on, and so we'll put Zach in that category. And you know, if we lose in week seventeen because Dan Arnold goes for 40. We'll know who blew the draft for us here. Guys, we're we're kind of heading towards that situation where we can do the rookie QB thing. I'm very excited about. We have 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. We're now up to having four running backs, so we're getting a little bit more depth there. For anybody who kind of was following along or wondering if we had ignored Bell again, he did go in the interim. LaVisca Chenault went in the interim. Uh, a couple of picks after Michael Gallup, we had Will Fuller going off the board there. So some of our favorite guys were selected. I like how we're looking at this point. Obviously, we've got some of those rookie running backs that we're hoping to come back around. I, I, I like where we are here. It, if the rookies do get selected, that'll be a little bit disappointing. But this is kind of a, a fun place to be where we have some real targets in these late rounds. Yeah, I think when you have it set up the way we have in terms of the overall the building, the construction, the way things have uh, set up for us, it gives you a little bit of uh, freedom then to just go with what, which way you want to go in those last five rounds. So sometimes we get you know to a draft at this point and we're like, we have to force the pick. And you mentioned earlier, forcing picks. And I think this gives us a lot of freedom to see how it plays out. But I'm quite excited to, to have some uh, shares now of those rookies, um, you know, see how things play out. We talk a lot about you know, the work done on the site in terms of the, the rookies after the draft and, uh, you know, gaining value. And I think that's something that's very smart to target here. We've also targeted the Gallup pick, obviously, um, with Zach there. And we have Ronald Jones players and Gerald Everett as well, all players who may move here to nice spots in free agency. And again, that there will potentially increase their value. So I think in terms of drafting at this point of the year, drafting very early, I think we're giving ourselves a shot to, you know, have a, have a really interesting team come week one in, in September. Yeah. And, and once we start hammering these quarterbacks, like I, 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 I refuse to believe that some of these quarterbacks who are going to be going in the first round of drafts are going to just sit around 
literally we're going to be getting these guys in the 16th, 17th, 18th rounds probably unless they, you know, someone else is sitting in here ready to do what we're about to do. You got Malik Willis who went in the 19th round from this this draft that uh, Colin sent us. Actually, Sam Howe, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis all went in the 19th round. So you got a lot of rookie quarterbacks here where probably what's suppressing their ADP so far down, at least on this board that Colin sent us, is just the fact that, again, underwhelming draft class, and we don't know where they're going to be landing. But these guys are all expected to be first-rounders um, you know, at large. I think that the fact that they're going to be landing with teams, they're probably going to be going to quarterback needy teams, hopefully starting. I think Malik Willis is the one that's probably least likely to start in week one. He's got a lot of raw talent, quarterback out of Liberty. But some of these other more established quarterbacks who have had several years of, of doing it, who are going to be going in the first round, um, the way I think it works just so nicely with our building, with what we're going to be doing, is all their ADPs are going to rise. And really what our roster, I think, is still going to be banking on in terms of the quarterback position is Jalen Hurts doing something similar to what he did last season, turning in a lot of very solid weeks. And then if he ever has a down week, hopefully one of the three or four quarterbacks we have on this roster who are first-round rookies who are going to be starting a lot of games, they're going to end up turning in the weeks to supplement whenever maybe Hurts has a down week or a bye week. And we're just going to get all these values late while padding the other positions early. So I really like the way that our, our idea here with these rookie quarterbacks works out um, with our build overall. I think that once these ADPs rise – we start getting a better situation for these guys. We're going to know where they're going, and we're going to be happy that we decide to kind of play this waiting game on them. But padded our floor, um, you know, I guess maybe our ceiling in this case, with someone like Jalen Hurts, who we think still has had plenty of quarterback one upside, if not something closer to top five. Yeah, and for people who haven't heard the episode with uh, Stephen Bananas with Peter Overs, that's something he took. We love his bold predictions, as Sean mentioned on that show. Um, one of our favorite all-time bold predictions was around the rookie wide receivers and their value last year. But in terms of uh, this year, he did talk about the likelihood that those quarterbacks are going to get a little bit more overlooked, even because of the draft class being maybe talked down a little bit, but also because last year's rookies didn't really perform to the level that we seen. And I guess the over performance of the rookies with, you know, Justin Herbert and, and those guys as, as rookies. So it's going to be going to be very interesting to see Sean something that, you were talking back and forth about before we we started is the possibility of the the construction with these so we have one quarterback so far with the rookie quarterbacks you know are we going a three quarterback build here or do we have to push it out to a four quarterback build well i think if they're all there that we should go for four i think that four would be a lot of all the quarterbacks (laughs) right i if if the guys that we are looking for aren't there then we wouldn't do it the thing that has unfortunately happened here is that both of our rookie running backs have gone and so we're going to be looking at a little bit of a different situation from that perspective we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So kind of jumping in and looking at some of the backs who are here, Gus Edwards for me is in that same kind of situation as Chris Carson, where I, I really do somewhat question if he is going to be the backup on the Ravens team there. Justin Jackson, someone I think could end up in an interesting situation after what we saw him do with the big game when he had a chance to fill in late. Still someone who has a hybrid profile, has some athleticism, He's done it very rarely, but you put that kind of game on film and you got a shot. Sonny Michelle could end up in a decent situation. We know that Deontay Foreman just revitalized his career by doing, you know, it's not exactly a Derrick Henry impression, but you think of the playoff game, especially and the contrast between those two players where Henry, not quite himself and Foreman looking fantastic. I would think that he is going to have a real shot to be in a situation you know, there are some rookie running backs still out there, but they're a lot deeper. I know that Travis and Curtis were very down on the Georgia backs for our uh, rookie ranking summit in the rookie guide. Kenyon Drake, someone who is a little bit overlooked, really, you know, more or less the same player he was last season and perhaps now uh, with a coaching staff that will be able to deploy him again. It's a player coming off of an injury. And so you have that question mark there. Zach, we don't, we didn't get our guys. We didn't get Brian Robinson. Who, who are you looking at at this turn? Man? Well, I, I was just, I was just looking at Justin Jackson until he went and I was going to ask the question, is that someone we need to think about as a potential starter or someone seeing a more significant role in 2022, given that he is a free agent. I just seen that. So it kind of hurts losing him. I would have been, very interested in him here. Um, I mean, if we want to go with with running backs here, I think that Jamal Williams is perhaps still, you know, kind of interesting given what we've seen with Swift's questionable injury history. I I am not one to shy away from Kenyon Drake for some reason, so I don't hate him either. Uh, we got 40 seconds here. Is Gus Edwards just based on ADP alone right now worth it, given that he's fallen to us here? I would have probably, I was going to mention Williams, the other player, Sean, you mentioned this Kansas City situation, Darrell Williams is a bit later, but he could be interesting, but I would be looking probably more at Williams or Foreman here, I think Foreman looked fantastic last year, I think he'll get another shot, um, and uh, you know, if, if, there's a, if he's back in Tennessee and there's an injury to Henry, obviously that puts him in the spotlight, so I don't know, Sean, I'll let you take the, the guide here, but Williams or Foreman is probably where I would lean. Go ahead, Sean. Always love when we do these, and we'll see who Sean picks. But I always love when it's like a completely different player. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we do like that's... we'll do like six minutes talking about three players, and then it's just like, uh, okay, that's the player we picked. <laughs> Every once in a while, I just cannot wrap my 
it's more heart around picking the guy. Uh, yeah, I Jamal Williams in theory should work. But what we saw last year is that DeAndre Swift got hurt and he still didn't score any points because the backups are actually better than he is and he doesn't get the high value touches. And so, you know, is that kind of a one-year fluke? Because there's a real danger to looking at a situation there. I mean, one of the things that we've seen Kareem Hunt go out and score fewer points when Nick Chubb is injured than when he's healthy. And that's obviously very fluky. You know, Jamal Williams, if the Detroit offense is better, could come out and score some points. But he seems like the ultimate, at this point within that offense, the ultimate low-value touch guy, whereas Drake or Edwards... I don't know. I, it seems one of the reasons we picked Ronald Jones is that I'm convinced that he is going to be the backup to J.K. Dobbins. Uh, team analytics for are for the nerds, which have really nailed all their picks and taken some good values. They take Gus Edwards there. So we are back to Williams and Drake. Uh, it feels like you two guys should should fight it out for this pick. We're, we're looking at one of those two guys. Yeah, the other one I was going to mention just is uh, we mentioned earlier Singletary. Are we, are we completely done with Zach Moss, or is there still life? There? I mean, I'm not, but uh, almost later than this, later than yeah. these guys, and it does seem like Buffalo is going to at least bring in someone to compete with him behind Singletary if they don't threaten Singletary himself. Yeah. Only quick question I have: any quarterback here like Baker Mayfield? If not, I'd be fine with with going running back here. I'll go running back. <laughs> Do you want Drake? Yeah, I'll say let's let's go with Drake. So that that's a cool pick there. Um I, I thought there for a second Sean was like starting to just like take shots when he said analytics are for the nerds, but then I, I said that was team one's name. Yeah, yeah. That that that's Twitter talk right there. We don't talk like that on our podcast. Yeah. But when you look at their team, it, it, it feels very ironic they're going that direction not not super serious with it um yeah so now we're we're set we're we're going we've got it lined up we'll see if we have it so that's the thing that most people are saying is that malik willis is going to be the first quarterback picked he's the highest upside quarterback he's got the most rushing value but you are pointing out and i think this is the problem and this is the reason why really none of these guys are going because people are thinking well if the guy who's going to get picked first and has the most upside is not going to start and play then you know why would we ever kind of be in a situation where we take somebody else and yet there are three other guys and we could go pick it how corral here and be fine is that kind of the direction that you're leaning i mean one of the things and i think that you said it perfectly both of you guys in that we had the big year with burrow and justin herbert and people weren't on them enough because frankly rookie quarterbacks haven't done particularly well there are a lot of things they have to overcome number one you got to win that starting job and then even with a lot of the greats you're seeing them throw a lot of interceptions kind of develop throughout the course of the season those guys came out and they were so good right away that people wanted to jump on all these rookies last year and those rookies were overvalued in fantasy drafts and then obviously what happens the next year is that people go at least that far the other direction and again, Travis on the pod was talking about, hey, once you make the necessary adjustments for these guys' stats, they actually look pretty decent. That doesn't mean that they're going to be clear-cut immediate starters, and we shouldn't expect that they are. That's not what we're thinking with this. If we thought that one of these guys you know, did fit that category, we would probably be targeting them specifically as opposed to a basket of picks. But 
when you look at the passing numbers that these guys do bring to the table and then the rushing upside, and that's kind of the question that I have with Pickett. We've seen him have some runs. Maybe there's a little bit more of a, you know, a Joe Burrowish element there where, especially before the injury, you know, Burrow had some scrambling ability and he made a couple of big plays with his legs actually in the playoffs. But Pickett's rushing upside would seem to be lower than the other three guys. And yet he might be the one player who is going to be selected and play right away. So how are we balancing some of those things, especially here in the 18th and 19th picks, the 20th round pick is going to obviously develop to an extent on uh, who is still there at that point. Um, so, so, I mean, the way that I would want to play this and then Colin, you tell me if you, you think that this is angling it the right way. If Pickett falls to us here at, what are we on 18? If Pickett falls to us here at 18, he would probably be the one I would want to target first just because kind of in my mind and along the lines of what Sean said, he could be the one that actually plays first. And while we hope that our roster is not completely dependent on rookie quarterback success, having Jalen Hurts there in the eighth round, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that anything's possible and we definitely want to have someone who we can get there. So ideally what I would like to do is secure Kenny Pickett, hopefully here in the 18th round. Um, and then I'm kind of comfortable with – you know, deciding, you know, together how we want to play around that pick after we get Pickett. Obviously, you know, again, Sam Howes is, you know, going to have some rushing upside too. He could potentially play right away. Malik Willis may not, but I think Malik Willis is also the kind of player where you realize that selecting him is really an opportunity to kind of shoot the moon and really go all in on him. The best case scenario with Malik Willis as a rookie, which I do not think is going to happen, best case scenario is, He's a quarterback one who ends up starting sooner than anyone expected. And just that elite mixture of arm strength, decent team, hopefully, and uh, rushing upside makes him well worth a pick at any point in the draft. And we just get him at a tremendous value right now. Uh, the downside is he doesn't play at all. So I wouldn't want to have my quarterback two as Malik Willis in terms of draft selection here. But I'm, I'm definitely not against taking him knowing that we're going with a four quarterback build. And Malik Willis has uh, just gone off the board there. Just to, to, to throw a real spanner in the works in terms of, I know we want to, to go the rookie approach, looking at quarterbacks left available for the listeners, maybe wondering who is there. There's Baker Mayfield, uh, who's just gone off the board, as I mentioned his name. Uh, obviously, I think we'll, we'll pass on Carson Wentz. Uh, Davis Mills is there, who's heading into his second year, who done obviously a lot more than people expected in, in year one with that Houston situation. But by the time the season comes around, they may have traded everyone else away. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sean, though, somebody that you've mentioned, you know, last year, and I, I don't know your thoughts this year, but I, I'm still very comfortable going the rookie route. Um, any of those guys just to play devil's advocate that are of interest? Yeah, I don't think Mills would be. It's interesting that Willis goes because he would have been pretty fun. At the same time, I think Howell is the the best quarterback in this draft and probably also the best fantasy prospect from the perspective of contributing right away as well and from right away i mean having that rushing ability we don't know if he's going to be drafted in a situation where he can start the the issue with pickett that does make it a little bit tricky is i think that probably his upside is jimmy garoppolo and so why wouldn't you just take jimmy garoppolo but we don't know what's going to end up with garoppolo they could still stick him with a bad team he could still end up without a chair when the music stops and so that part of it makes could be the Denver Broncos quarterback. He could be the Denver Broncos quarterback. That's right. I would I would probably lean Howell here as well. Um, but we have the option, obviously, that we're we have three options on the board, and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo there too. But we're going to 
be taking uh, two of these next four picks. So I would probably lean Howell here, um, unless you want to overrule um, Zach. No, I, I I would say if you guys want to do that, you know, let, let, let's go with Hal. I, I'm not against having him on the team and then maybe decide if we want to go with Pickett over a guy like Garoppolo um, for, for our next pick because I'm not completely out on Pickett. Even Matt Corral, I think, is is an interesting player. He he kind of displayed some rushing upside this past season in his last year at Ole Miss. Um, maybe it's comparable to what Kenny Pickett does. I mean, Matt Corral had one particular game against Tennessee where he just was running like every single play and uh, looked like he was just a, a willing runner whenever the team needed him to, to get things done. So uh, Corral could have some rushing upside there too. I don't think he's necessarily – uh, a bad player, but I think in terms of potential starter at the beginning of the season, it's probably still Pickett who's more likely to be a starter week one than than Corral. Um, and then we can we can talk about Garoppolo, but it, it would be between Pickett or, or Garoppolo for me at this point in time. I think. Yeah, and you mentioned Sean, uh, you know, uh, upside for Pickett being Garoppolo, but at the same time, we kind of know. I don't think Garoppolo is ever really going to push past what we have seen from him. So. Yeah, I mean, you didn't get up in the middle of the night for us to draft Jimmy Garoppolo. Come on. Yeah, See? that's you know you talked earlier with the picks that make you excited. It's it's three twenty five a.m. Uh, <laughs> let's get some adrenaline going here. So we did get uh, Peckett there. I can feel that's just uh, the adrenaline rush I needed just to to get us over the line here. But yeah, it's gonna like if this team does not pan out for us, it's still gonna be a fun team to root for all these rookies and and see how the NFL draft goes, even see how the combine goes and, and things like that there. But uh, there was one pick that did go there. We weren't looking at wide receiver, but I, I do think at this point of the year, my favorite value pick so far is uh, Valdez Scantling. It, it went at nineteen oh one there. Um, I just think that, again, he was injured for so much of last season, he's going to get bypassed. And I, I know uh, the situation, again, we're talking about with Rodgers, you know, what happens there, what happens with the Denver Broncos wide receivers, the Packers wide receivers, and so on, but... It seems like you're recommending that we select the fifth string running, uh, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, maybe that's the next thing. So is that part of the whole package to get Hackett to uh, manage the Broncos? Is I mean, this trade is going to work out being that the Broncos trade all of their wide receivers to for all the, of Packers, the Packers. And the Packers get Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and you're, you're off and running, right? Yeah, so we're just swapping off our entire offenses at this point. I'll take if you want. I'll I'll trade out Aaron Jones as well for uh, Javante Williams if if that's coming. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, we got we got uh, two of the guys there that we wanted. Um, we do have one pick remaining. Um, Sean, are we are we still looking for that uh, fourth fourth quarterback, or are we maybe looking to to diverge? Well, I, I mean, what we talked about from the beginning, I don't think that the three quarterbacks are necessarily that strong the way it is here. I think that we almost need to get Corral. And, and what Zach was saying was was right exactly on target there. And, and he was the guy who has the pretty decent chance of lasting to the 2011. And so that's why, one of the reasons why we wanted to have him at the end. You know, if, if he goes, there are some other ways that we can take this. We only have six running backs, and we only have six running backs within the context of only taking two in the first 11 rounds. So we're definitely not overweight on running back yet. The most fun player still on the board is Justin Ross. And so, again, you, you can't go wrong making that kind of pick at this point. Uh, who, who else stands out for you in these, these late picks? Zach? I mean, the, it looks like the person who, you know, once all the swapping has been done, will be right back into that 
great opportunity is is one KJ Hamler. He he's also still on the board. When you, made, when you made a reference to Denver wide receiver five, that's what I thought you were advocating for. So I, I he he was the only up. wide receiver he wasn't trading to the Packers. He, he was keeping the joke went over my head for a second and then it landed because I thought it was a as a KJ Hamler pump. Uh, so so Corral is gone. So so right now the only quarterback we would actually be looking at here, grossly enough, would be. Taysom Hill, who I have, who I have no interest in, other than the fact that he's way overpaid, and there's probably still some weird scenario in the universe where he ends up starting games for the Saints, and maybe he's somewhat decent of a pick here as a quarterback for. But if we choose to not go with him, there was a joke you could have used there. You could have said speaking of wide receiver fives, but on... <laughs> <laughs> speaking of wide receiver fives, how about Taysom Hill at quarterback? Uh, but I, I mean, I like Justin Ross here. Um, I, I, I think Christian Watson. North Dakota State wide receiver. He he could be. Uh, we we talk about having our freak score calculator here at Rotovas. Uh, Christian Watson could be popping on the freak score calculator if he runs a good forty uh, coming up here at the combine. He's I believe six foot five, so I think he's an interesting player from an athletic standpoint. Uh, Justin Ross is fine. Uh, Sean just added Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama wide receiver. Love him. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers here who we could go with. Let me look at running back. Just looking too. This is not like I know the way we're building the roster, but like Brian Edwards is somebody who's just forgotten about at this point. Is there any hope of a revival for him in Las Vegas? I, I think anything is possible. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not out on Brian. I'm not out on Brian Edwards. I I, I don't love for, him. Here. For anyone that's uh, listening to this, uh, Sean just was nodding his head and no. <laughs> The, the other player who I would look here, if we didn't go wide receiver and we didn't go Taysom Hill, would be running back Tyler Beatty out of Missouri, who I'd, I'm not sure where he's going to be going in this draft, but he is a pass catcher. He's a runner. Like If Tyler Beatty somehow got even decent enough draft capital where he went to a team where you can envision them using him, I think Tyler Beatty could have an opportunity to make a lot of plays as a rookie as well. Um, I really liked watching him this past year at Missouri. So he would be someone else as a running back too, to just add to our our ridiculously young running back core. But um, I, I mean, Justin Ross, like like Sean said, is a is a pretty exciting play too. I'm kind of surprised that he's made it this far down, uh, given just high how highly touted of a of a prospect he was just a year ago, um, before all of Clemson basically struggled on offense in 2021. The other player who is still available, and, I, and those are some great mentions, the uh, Missouri running back there, a very interesting prospect. The thing that you're obviously always worried about in that kind of situation is, you know, what if he goes undrafted, which it, it's, you know, you wouldn't think that would happen, and yet we see it happen all the time. A name I'll throw out, and again, it kind of fits with our failure to have executed the important pick there at the beginning at tight end. But we have been joking about these Denver Green Bay trades. You also have the potential for our starting tight end to get hurt. Albert O, probably one of the top five tight ends in the NFL. He's still available. We need a tight end. Uh, in terms of, we're not going to be awesome at tight end. We could take a tight end. So, Zach, we're, we're here. We've got four cool picks. We have 15 seconds. Who do you like? Uh, if we want to go tight end, I'm fine with Alberto. The other one would maybe be Foster Moreau. We have to for for the branch, and we have to go with Alberto. <laughs> uh, with it, uh, Albert, like 
now Sean this year last year it was like is that no fan no that's Alberto this year it's gonna be like it doesn't matter it's one of the Broncos <laughs> tight ends has caught that pass it's like but let's pick the game one game for Fant one game for Albert let's not just cannibalize every single game there but what, what this draft has shown me Sean is we need to get some 28 round drafts going because we we can't be passing up KJ Hamler in drafts we can't. And also Ross. I mean, like like you guys were saying, that would have been a really fun pick. Um, Zach had some other good names on the board late as well. There is an Iowa running back who is not dissimilar to Beatty. Was he someone else you would have been interested in, Zach? Tyler Goodson. Yeah, he had a very good season this past year. Iowa, he is a wicked spin move. If, you, if you've seen some of his highlights this, this past year, Iowa, he had a couple pretty nasty spin moves on players. Another guy who I think can can catch well, can 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 run between the tackles, played played a pretty significant role at Iowa in a tough Big Ten uh, defense. And he did it also while Iowa did not really have any quarterback of note. So you, you kind of knew the ball was going to be going to him more often than not, and it didn't really matter. He he found ways to make plays. So uh, I really like Tyler Goodson a lot as well. So I, this in, this running back class I think is interesting because I don't think it's a running back class that's so going to necessarily blow anybody away. But um, a lot of people have talked about depth with this draft, and I think that at a lot of different skill positions on offense and for fantasy purposes – you can find depth and make the argument for a player being um, a worthwhile pick in fancy drafts all throughout this season. Um, I think that maybe some of these running backs who we didn't see go today could be uh, talked about in maybe the early to late double-digit rounds of, of drafts coming up here with these 20 rounders in the FFPC all, all offseason. So that is it. The draft is in the books. There's a lot of fun going through those picks, 20 rounds in the books. Um, we're going to talk through it all on the recap show, and that will be coming out uh, tomorrow if you're listening live uh, or you know when this comes out. But if you're listening a week or two later or a month or two later, that show will already be up on the Road of His Best Ball podcast feed. Make sure you click that subscribe button. We're trying to grow that channel brand new, only a week old as we post this one so let's get those subscribe numbers and download numbers moving up in the right direction as we continue to bring you more and more content on rotoviz radio on the rotoviz radio network as we grow it out we also are posting on youtube you'll see a lot of uh, growth happening hopefully for us in 2022 and that is all because of the wonderful support that you do provide to us and we love bringing the content your way each and every week multiple times a week on most of the podcast feeds make sure you check all those out uh, on the rotoviz radio network and as a thank you of course we do have that podcast subscription discount code for rotaviz.com just add a subscription to your cart up on rotaviz.com and then add the code rv radio 2022 that'll get you a discount of 10 percent and get you access to all of the content and tools up on the site and with that that's going to do us for this crossover edition of the rotaviz overtime podcast and of course the rotaviz best ball podcast thank you for tuning in Don't forget, we'll have a recap episode coming your way as well, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to get that once it drops. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com and check out Zachary Kruger on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Until we're back with another podcast, have a good one. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. 
Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.